Hey friends, happy Thursday. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you an executive pastor? Listen up for this next one minute. I want you to join us at the 2019 XP Mastermind Retreat. It's October 1st to 30 to 3rd in Austin, Texas. It's an intensive retreat for next level executive pastors. As a senior leader, this two and a half day excursion will be the highlight of your year because you'll work on actually growing your ministry with others that fully understand the seat at the table that you sit in. I want you to be there. I want you to join me, my friends, Kenny and Brian. It's going to be a fantastic experience. It's more than a conference because it's not really about just information. It's also about relationships. It's super exclusive, small group. What I want you to do is go to churchmasterminds.com. That's churchmasterminds.com today for more information or email me. Uh, I would love to help to see what we can do to get you there. That's churchmasterminds.com. Have a great day. And now let's jump in with today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in today, and you are in for a real treat. Super honored to have Pastor Judy West with us. She is a part of a fantastic church uh, in the St. Louis area called The Crossing. This is a, a multi-site church. This is one of those churches you should be following along. Uh, Judy is the pastor of leadership development at this incredible church, and we want to get a chance to um, really dive in with her and understand a little bit more about the church today. Judy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rich. It's such an honor. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, I'm so glad you're on. And I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about the church and about your role. Maybe if people were to arrive this weekend, what would they experience? And then how do you fit into all of that? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So currently we're in the St. Louis area. We have four sites plus online. Um, you can find mm-hmm. the crossing.church. But um, my story intersects back in 1994. We moved here from St. Louis. I'm an East Coaster. I'm a Philly girl. Mm-hmm. Born in Philly, raised in Northeastern Pennsylvania. We ended up moving here to St. Louis for my husband's residency. And Mm. by the time we got here, how I'm now lovingly called, I was an atheist feminazi. I was (laughs) God, yes, an F-bomb dropping atheist feminazi from Philadelphia. Nice. I was lovingly referred to. Because um, yes. I grew up, great family in Pennsylvania, awesome family, but a non-faith-filled family. And Mm -hmm. church was not a part of our life. God was not a part of our life. But it wasn't that. It was my interactions with Jesus followers that did not go well. I'll put it that Mm. way. I grew (laughs) up. There's that that old joke. People like Jesus, they just don't like his friends. Oh, my gosh. The best case for Christianity (laughs) is Christians. The worst case for Christianity is Yes, right, right, right. Yeah, I grew up, like I'm sure a lot of your listeners in the 70s and 80s when Christians were blowing up abortion clinics out of the love for Jesus and television mm. for going to prison for embezzling money and mm-hmm. these horrible interactions. I just never, ever knew anybody that was a fun, loving Jesus follower. <laughs> yeah. And the right, tipping point right. was at our wedding when we had Jesus followers literally boycott our wedding reception because we had alcohol there. What? If oh my goodness. That's what it means to follow Jesus, that you have to boycott wedding receptions. You can take the Bible and you know yeah. what you can do with it. Well, and then lo and behold, the story I end up here in St. Louis, pregnant, and go, uh oh, I don't have a faith. What do mm. I do? Child, go out mm. into the neighborhood. We had just moved here, walk outside, and all these new moms are there that I'm meeting. 
and say, hey, anybody know of a church? I need a church. And not one person entered and invited me to their church. Not one. Mm. Not only that, but do, don't go to my church. My pastor's horrible. Don't go to our church. Our priest oh. is praying. <laughs> on, 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 on. Well, finally, the very last woman there said, well, I would love for you to come to our church. It's a brand huh. startup church. At that point, yeah. Windsor Crossing Community Church. Now we're the crossing. They, I bet the first time I walked through the door, there was maybe 50 to 100 people. Mm. And wow. temporary music, all that stuff. And I went that first time. And by the way, the guest relations person welcomed me and sat with me. Hmm. Wow, amazing. The first amazing. time I saw somebody who was nice to me within the church. And um, that's the day. I said, if Jesus is real, I'm going to explore who he is. And eight months later, gave my life to Jesus. And just so you know, and I promise I'm almost done with the story, the neighbor, no, no, the neighbor that ended up inviting me, that is the wife of our now pastor, lead pastor. Great. Oh. <laughs> so, Funny. yes. So he took over in the pastorate in 97 mm-hmm. by, and invited me on staff. I had been a believer for three years. He invited me on staff in 98 because he knew of my past with leadership development. I was a former state champion runner. I coached oh. division one, a lot of leadership and stuff. And he invited me on, took a huge right. risk on me when we were this tiny little baby church to come on and do staff and leadership development. And so, yep, I just sell, this is my, what, 21st year on staff. We're now, we went from 50 to hundred people to 8,000 a weekend. Like I said, four campuses plus online and 160 staff. And it has been a ride. Yeah, that's amazing. Now I don't, uh, this is going to sound like I'm asking you to blow your own horn, but I, I would love for you to kind of talk about what, what do you see as kind of the develop, the link between what you've done or what the church has done in leadership development over the years and your growth. A lot of times we see, you know, churches that are growing really have a deep commitment to developing and releasing leaders. Is, is that kind of the way you guys have seen that over the years at the crossing? What is the connection between those two with the kind of the impact that their church has had? And then this kind of early investment and consistent investment into leadership over the years? Okay. Well, at first, when they first hired me, I made every leadership boo-boo you could make in the (laughs) So I started with going, oh my gosh, I have to find every corporate CEO and I have to Mm -hmm. do book studies and stuff like that. Did not work. Don't try it. Finds out Jesus, he, his leadership development was like fishermen, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Start with going who are the passionate Jesus followers in the church. And then more than leadership development itself was the spiritual and emotional health. Because I can talk leadership development all day, but if you're not emotionally and spiritually healthy, it does not matter. So since the very beginning of the days when Greg took over, he has his master's in counseling. I have my master's in education with a specialty in counseling. A lot of us, our specialty is in counseling. We've... It, we have to address that first. Otherwise, just plain leadership development won't work. Fascinating. Yeah, and from your vantage point, you know, 20 some odd years in, a couple decades in on this, what would you say are, you know, so I appreciate you acknowledging even that, that like, hey, the counseling thing is a huge deal. And then how do we do that at scale? How do we um, kind of help people get into a healthier spot? What would be some of those things that maybe bubble up that led you to that conclusion that you're saying, oh, this is not going well, (laughs) we need to spend more time focused on this? What were some of the signs of those problems? Right away, when we were a tiny little church, 
I don't know if you know this or not, but the church is filled with broken people. <laughs> right, yes. Bump. And <laughs> yes. every day, humans, any of us, anybody that has a pulse, we bump with each other. It's just the way, start chapter one in the Bible, like people bump with each other. And so we had to figure out how do we teach people how to bump well with each other? Mm-hmm. How do you resolve conflict the way Jesus asks us to? How do you set appropriate boundaries? So much of that was the beginning of the church. And Greg, especially with his master's in counseling, would be doing a lot of one-on-one counseling with that. Mm-hmm. Staff members, congregation members, and it, it got too much. And so then we that's when we had to learn how to scale it. How do we teach people this at a more global level than just one-on-one conversations. And so what has that looked like? How have you been able to do that? Because I think there's a lot of, a lot of leaders who are listening and say, listen, that is my church. I'm spending a lot of time one-on-one. Um, I, I wish there was a way for us to kind of get at these issues, but more at scale rather than just in a kind of one-on-one basis. What's that look like for your church? So it was how many years in? I forget the number of years in. And Greg commissioned me to form a team. And mm-hmm. he but by the way, at that time, I was leading Boundaries Group with the Townsend and Cloud Boundaries books. And we were seeing such huge life transformation of resolving conflict, setting boundaries. When That's when he set a boundary on me and said, <laughs> stop spending so much time with a small handful of people. I need you to teach this to the church. So mm-hmm. he, I formed a team. It was two counselors, three pastors, an administrator. We met two hours a week for one year. Mm, wow. So what are the essentials that we need to teach the church on how to work well together? And it took us a full year. And with his help, he'd pop his head in. We developed a five-week class called Body Life. And that has revolutionized our church, our community. And now even we're taking it into Africa for the fifth year in a row now. Oh, and, wow. You're teaching it abroad as well. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so it's a five-week class. What, why, don't we, why don't you give us kind of an overview to start, and then maybe we could dive into a couple of the weeks and talk about that. But what, what, what do you cover in the five weeks? How does that fit together? Okay, so the basic premise of the whole class is one of Jesus's final prayers from John 17 is, Father, may they be one as you and I are one. And he's talking about us. Mm-hmm. He doesn't pray, when, may we be the coolest people or the people with the best tech or the best good-looking congregation. Father, may they get along with each other as well as you and I get along with each other because that's what a watching world will see. That's what the Judy of the world saw. That's what drew mm-hmm. me to Jesus. I finally mm-hmm. saw Jesus followers treating each other well. So that week one, I'll just ba- give you the basic breakdown. Yep. That week one is painting that picture of John 17 and the word akkad out of the Hebrew word akkad, Father, may they be one, the oneness. Then the second week is okay. If we're meant to be one, but we are different, how are we different? And that's when we teach the concept of spiritual gifts. Every mm-hmm. a different gift. So week three then is, okay, we're all one, but different. How do we then set boundaries? Because we still have to be separate from one another. Week mm-hmm. four then is, okay, if we're all of that combined, what do we do when we have bumps? That's our big conflict night. That's... Mm-hmm. Hilarious. It's a blast. We role play. It's hard. It's awesome. And then we come back week five for that's the real heart week on how do we forgive one another mm-hmm. when we bumps. Mm-hmm. 
does giving look like in the church? It's all of those heart concepts as we wrap up the class. And it has, it's been, it's been a game changer for us. It's been a game changer for our community. Um, so yeah, right. that's basic it, general idea. And how does it fit? How does body life fit into kind of the, you know, the kind of, how would someone get into body life? How do you talk about it? Where does it fit kind of in the, the process by which people oh. connect to the church? How does it, you know, how does it kind of fit into the overall mix? Okay. Great question. So our top three vision venues, we ask, we don't have an official membership process because we have found, you know, membership doesn't have its privileges as a Jesus follower. You give up your (laughs) seat. You don't put a nameplate on your seat. Okay. But we do have to have some pipeline to push people through. Mm -hmm. It's dinner, which is a one night dinner, which is vision 101 of the church. Exploration, which is a six week class, kind of like alpha which is theology 101 of the, of the church. And then body life is community 101. So by the time okay. they're on, it's like a 12-week membership class, but we have those different vision venues that we push everybody in the church through. So they get the theology, the vision, and the community. And body life is one of them. Yeah. So then, and then I'm assuming from body life, then the kind of outcome from that is you're, you're trying to kind of get people plugged into serving, get them into exactly. groups, that kind of thing. That gets it, kind of the, serving it's groups, kind of all entry. of that stuff, small yeah, groups. Okay. Yep. It's an, that it's makes the sense. entry point. Yep. Exactly. That, that makes sense. And what, and what, what, from a kind of scale point of view, when you're, you feel good about the percentage of people that are, are going through that, what does that look like in a typical year? How are you, you know, how many people are you pushing through? What does that look like? Well, it had been completely dependent on three of us teaching it. And we knew we were becoming bottlenecks for any church that grows, you know, at some point scalability is a big deal and we we were becoming bottlenecks. So we brought in a film crew with a kind of like a studio audience kind of thing. And we recorded all five sessions. So now our campuses offer it year round, but Mm, so very cool. They press play and then they'll press pause and have discussions, small group discussions, do role playing, stuff like that, and then press play again. So it's given each campus and online, we offered online, full accessibility to teach it throughout the year. So we're no longer bottlenecks, which is awesome. That's really cool. I love that. And then you're, and then, so then obviously you're looking more for facilitators in the campuses rather than necessarily Correct. teachers. It's, you know, they, they need to be familiar with it and understand it, but not necessarily experts in the, in the content. We try, we try to have pastors do it because it's so, it's so heated. Like when you're talking about even the conflict night, mm-hmm. you need trained, typically pastor. Yeah, we could have high level leaders do it, but mm-hmm. they really want to get after it with the pastors. Like, is this true? Can I really, if I, if, let me give you an example. If I send an email to a pastor and the pastor does not respond, seriously, I'm allowed to approach that pastor and say things like, hey, can you help me understand? I emailed and I didn't get a response. And I don't get, you know, I seriously can approach it. And we say, yep, you, we're, we're expecting you to confront us lovingly on that. Right. Very cool. And so that's why it's sometimes better having the pastor there. Yeah. So why don't we dive into uh, one of them in particular um, that, you know, I mean, maybe it's the conflict night to kind of pull it apart a little bit. What are some of those things that have stuck out over the years as like, oh, this is a, a key aha moment or a maybe an interesting people keep coming back and say, oh, I remember when we talked about this, you know, in in one of these one of these nights, particularly, obviously, we can't cover it all in a, in a half an hour interview. But what's kind of one part of it that you'd love to pull apart? 
Well, I'll tell you a little secret. Can I tell you how we start the class? <laughs> sure. Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, when we did this live, it was the class did not know this, but there would be a plant in the room that mm-hmm. started heckling me. And <laughs> I would get up and I would start saying things like, hey, guys, welcome to this session of Body Life. Hey, before Tim comes up and teaches, I want to make a few announcements and somebody interrupts me. And start saying, basically, Judy, you're a woman. I don't think you should be allowed to teach. (laughs) Going at me. Okay. And it, you see, what's awesome is you see in real time people's reaction to conflict. Right. Some of them crawl under the seats. Some of them want to look at their shoes. Look at their shoes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And so we start with that as the general thing. Okay. Now we're going to spend the rest of the night talking about how you don't have to be afraid of conflict. Yeah, well, that's cool. Now, how do you translate that onto video? How do because that's I could see that in a lot. Even just you saying that, I'm like, oh my uh-huh. goodness, I'm feeling uh-huh. nervous here hearing about it. But how how do you translate that on video? Well, seriously, that was our biggest fear. We're like, there's no way we can translate this on video, and we're still going to have to have the pastor do it in real time. But it did. I just had uh-huh. a online version say, I just watched the conflict session. The first two minutes, I wanted to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> Because the heckler was on video with me. Isn't right. That okay. That's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you yeah. can see how that translates, you know, that, that, um, you know, that ends up pushing uh, buttons internally. And and there is that weird thing about the fourth wall where people seem to forget that it's on video, which is sort of right. strange and it happens. Like it's, right. it's that weird thing we see time and time and again, where you forget, oh yeah, right. This has been pre-recorded. Well, everybody and, says, yeah, within what? 10 seconds, you forget you're watching a screen. And yeah, so absolutely. thought that it was on a screen. Hmm. Um, interesting. So that whole day, once we get through that, they then talk to the neighbors about what happened inside of you. Were you nervous, scared, what and why? Where did that action come from? Now, in a loving way, talk about your family of origin growing up in a loving mm-hmm. way. No names mentioned, mm-hmm. but how was conflict dealt with in your home? And then we take them through teaching them the steps of Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. You, person in private, discuss the problem for the purpose of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. We do. That's great. That's not where the issue is. What we have found through the years, Africa included, people don't do it because they don't know the first sentence out of their mouth. Mm. Oh, that's a good insight. Tell me more about that. Makes sense. So people say, okay, I know biblically I'm supposed to go resolve this. I get that. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to do it because I either want to rip their head off. I want to drop the (laughs) bomb. You know, I want to regress. They don't know how to do it. So the rest of the class... We give them skills and words to use. We give them sentences. Mm. And like even little, the I versus you. It's, um, hey, do we have permission to talk? Language that preserves community. Hey, do you have a minute? Do I have permission to ask you a question? I think I'm writing a story about an interaction we had the other day. And I want to make I'm not writing that story. Can you and I walk through this together? So it's, we're constantly coaching them. Hey, do I have permission to ask this? Do I have permission to push back on you? Do you have a minute to give me to help me clarify something? Mm-hmm. We try people don't use the U word. If you can do not use the U words, you know, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you makes them put up their boxing gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, so we teach a lot of that stuff and we role play, role play, role play. The other thing we teach them is halt, H-A-L-T. Mm-hmm. Do not, do not go to somebody and try Matthew 18 if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Do not do it. 
Just watch a Snickers commercial and you understand why. If you've seen the Snickers bar commercial, like do not enter anything if you're hungry because you're cranky. Your brain's wired. So do not do it if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Take care of that first and then walk into the Matthew 18 conversation in a humble Mm. way. You know, it's amazing. I found, you know, over the years of pastoral ministry, how many people don't um, you know, like you say, they they may understand at some theoretical level, level Matthew 18 and kind of the, and it's actually one of those things that literally just last summer, I was teaching some young leaders about it. And I said, you know, this is, this is so practical of Jesus. He's giving really clear instructions, next steps, but how many people don't either don't apply it or don't know where to start? Even something as simple as halt there. I love that, you know, kind of a practical handle to put on it. How do we go from here? Um, you know, how do we make this, how do we actually live this out in community in a way that, that ultimately draws us closer together rather than pushing us apart. When So now you're a number of years in. How, how long have you been teaching Body Life? How long has that been a part of – is it or like 10 oh years? Oh, my gosh. Or? Um, 17, 16 okay. years. Great. Yeah, so it's, it's a long time. It's clearly, long time. we've woven into the culture of the church. It's clearly – it's a part of the way – you know, it's part of what God's using at the crossing for sure. What would you say some of the outcomes have been on the back end? You know, some ways that things – you know, what, what looks different in the life of the church, which may be hard comparing it's been there for 17 years, but what are some of the positive outcomes that you've seen come out of it? Uh, let me start with the the St. Louis community, and I'll back my way in, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Things like we had an associate principal at a local elementary school go through it, and she took five of her teachers through it, came back and said, they have now, they're teaching the concepts throughout their school without telling them they're Jesus concepts. You know, they're just right, saying these, right. these, are, these are leadership concepts. It has changed the elementary school. So for instance, Teacher will a parent will call and say, you know, my daughter's teacher did that, da, 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 da. and the principal will say, you know what? Thanks for telling me, but I need you to go back to that teacher first. I'll coach you mm-hmm. how to do it, but you go to that teacher first. If you get stuck, then you can pull me in. She said the division has gone down. It's like almost eradicated in the school. Wow. There's no gossip. You know. Conflict is almost eradicated in this elementary school because they're teaching their teachers and parents how to do it this way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that's amazing. If that if that happens in an elementary school, imagine now how it happens in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. So it's little things. And Okay, so let me give you an, an example of after church, somebody will come up to our lead pastor and go, oh, you know, Judy West did da, da, da. And Greg will stop and say, hey, stop. I need to stop you right there. Have you gone to Judy first? Because right. that's really important. Now you go to her first, I'll coach you. But then, mm. then you get stuck, pull me in. And it's shocking how much it literally eliminates conflict. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. That's incredible. I love it. The uh, I could see how this, you know, obviously, and I, I'm sure this this isn't lost on you, but just to highlight for people that are listening, I, I love the the story arc that God has written in your own life, where you think back to kind of your own personal experience of the observations of what the body of Christ is all about in such, you know, negative backbiting, whatever that is. And then now he's used you to really help infuse and tackle that core issue uh, in the life of your church to the point where it's then bubbling out to other, you know, schools and stuff around you. That's amazing. I love that. What a cool story that God's writing in your life. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's neat. Now, how have you seen uh, other churches kind of adopt this or kind of lean in and said like, oh, this is kind of an interesting thing. Maybe we should look at doing a similar thing or, and, and maybe tell us a little bit about what's happening in Africa. You hinted towards that, but what, what's going on there? Yeah. Well, first of all, another little insight over the years, we have a, a bunch of uh, St. Louis churches. We say to them, this was before we had the recording when it was mm-hmm. only live. Mm-hmm. We said, come and bring your staff, do whatever you want. You can steal anything you want. We don't care. Take, steal whatever you want. So what's fascinating is the churches that did it, there's, and have stuck with it and it's changes their churches. There's one common variable. You want to guess what the variable is? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not a good guesser. (laughs) What is it? The lead pastor has to be fully bought in and they, have to be emotionally and spiritually healthy. This is not a revolution that can start from the ground up. It has to start from the top down. So it doesn't work when the lead pastor isn't emotionally and spiritually healthy. So I'll, I'll agree with that. That makes sense. Um, so it's really fun. We have some inner city churches. They're doing this in their culture in their way, and it is changing them. We have some rural churches around us. Same thing. Division's gone down. Unity has gone up and it's just, it's such a beautiful picture. Yeah, of what absolutely. It's, to be. it's a beautiful picture. Um, yeah. For Africa, mm-hmm. um, we're going on our fifth year now, our sixth country, something like that. And it's so humbling because you just realize Jesus's principles are cross-cultural. Mm. It doesn't matter what continent you're on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. bump with each other, there's conflict. And then you get into tribal wars and just horrible things like that. And this stuff is revolutionizing communities in Africa. That's why we're going back. Not because we're saying, ooh, look at us, we're coming in. We're being invited back. And it's so humbling. And it's such an honor to go and now teach these body life skills in Africa. That's cool. And is that like with other church leaders or what, what does that look like on the ground? Yep. What does yep. that look like? Well, yeah. we... We partner with Living Water International. So yep. with them, with their clean water wells. Yep, very familiar we, with them. That's a great organization. Yep. Yep. We are we adore them. We travel the world with them. Mm-hmm. So between we go to communities where we're drilling freshwater wells and find pastors on the ground. So last year in Zambia, there were four hundred pastors on site representing seven different countries. Wow, that's and amazing. So here, it's Uganda, Rwanda, and Kenya. Very cool. Love it. Well, this is really amazing. I love how practical uh, that you've made this. And really, I I love this. I think there's a lot of church leaders that are listening in that may be thinking, man, there's just some division here. And there's that kind of underlying funk, I like to call it. This thing, I'm not sure what's happening here. And you've designed a system and approach to really attack that and give a uh, just really practical tool to try to tackle. That's amazing. Uh, That's cool. Is there anything else you want to share before we kind of wrap up the episode? This has been incredible. Thank you. Um. Well, just a few things. Number one, I don't want anybody to think the crossing is not a perfect church. We have every <laughs> yes. day. We have to live out this stuff every day. Me broken at the top of that list, man. Yeah. So I don't want anybody walking away thinking that we have all act together. We are constantly striving to live this out well. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that. Um, yeah, you you can have access to all of our stuff. We do online um, versions of body life and. I would just say, yeah, if you want more information, contact us. Yeah, where would, if someone was looking for that on your website, where would you kind of point them towards? What is there just poke around the website and eventually you'd find it kind of thing? 
Well, when in doubt, go to the Crossing Dot Church, and you can email us. You can look for Body Life. Our lead pastor is gregholder.com. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called The Genius of One that summarizes this in book form. Oh, very cool. It's a really easy resource for mm-hmm. people to get their hands on. If you mm-hmm. just want to see that, the book, The Genius of One, cool. I would recommend. And I'd recommend those first. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll definitely, we'll link all that up in the, in the show notes and point people in the right direction. I've really appreciated this. If people want to get in touch with you or to track with the story, they can go to the website. Is there any other places we want to point to them before we close up the episode? I would just say if there's any women executive pastors listening right now, I help oversee a women's executive pastor group in North America. You can go to wxpastors.com. Love it. And we deal with this kind of stuff seven days a week. It's a great networking group on how we do ministry well, and we're constantly resourcing and supporting each other. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? What does that look like? How are you, you know, how are you supporting each other? What is the, you know, what's kind of the practical, um, you know, kind of talons on that? What does that look like? We're in very open handed with one another. So you'll get emails Everything from, hey, we're dealing with our first transgender bathroom issue. Have any of you guys had to deal with that? What can we do? Does anybody have policies on extended sick leave? Mm -hmm. To what have you done with sabbatical? Um, So we're constantly resourcing and also just little things like prayer. Mm -hmm. One of our women just finished her last treatment for cancer. Mm. Oh, wow. One of those things that we just love and support each other through. One of our women runs a safe house for survivors of sex trafficking. So we're constantly resourcing and supporting her. Um, so yeah, it's just one of those things where we love each other well. Mm-hmm. And frankly, we're, we're trying, we're all different denominations. We have everything from Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Assemblies of God, non-denominational. We're trying to show ourselves in the world we can get along with each other. We can get, Jesus is the only way mm-hmm. we can get along. We're not going to fight about the non-essentials right. and we're going to resource each other and point people to Jesus. Very cool. That's one of the reasons Yeah. Great. <laughs> Again, that's <clears throat> wxpastors.com. Uh, I would encourage people to, to point, uh, if you are a woman uh, executive pastor or if you know one, uh, point them in that direction. It would be a fantastic uh tool and resource for that. Well, Judy, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for investing time to be with us today. And and I'm just super excited for people to follow along with your story. So thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.